Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. Get ready to dive into the extraordinary tale of our friendship and sobriety journey. From the inseparable high school besties we were to the incredible new chapter of Staying Sober Together. Our story is a roller coaster ride of emotions, growth and self-discovery. If you're just joining us, don't worry. You can catch up on all the juicy details if you go right back to the start of season one. We're on a mission to create a vibrant community for individuals embracing a sober lifestyle. Our vision is to shatter stereotypes and prove that a life without alcohol is full of joy, laughter and exhilarating adventures. So join us as we break the chains and show the world that you can experience true happiness and fulfillment alcohol free. Together we'll explore the highs, the lows and the everyday adventures that come with living alcohol free. Whether you're thinking about going sober, supporting a loved one or simply curious about the possibilities, we're here to share stories of self-discovery and growth. So grab your favourite non-alcoholic drink, kick back and get ready for honest chats, personal tales and a whole lot of inspiration. Join us as we redefine what it means to live a vibrant, fulfilling life without alcohol. Welcome to Be Sober, the podcast that proves sobriety is a cause for celebration. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. Oh, this is actually take two of our introduction because we made a I love that we can't keep it a secret, can we? We're <laughs> <No>. like, <laughs> we got to the end of the podcast and gone, right, let's record the beginning again because it was so bad. It was like a whirlwind and it would have, honestly, if you'd have put it on in your car and you were hoping for just a relaxing listen, I reckon we'd have given you anxiety. Well, I would have given you anxiety. <laughs> it was awful. So, yeah. Here we are, just recording the intro again. <laughs> again. So actually, this is after our guest has been on, but um, it was such a lovely interview yeah. that I actually feel in a really good position to chat now, do you? Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Lisa, before we go, because now nobody will have seen, can we see your little puppy? Oh, no, no. Oh, I know I showed him before, but he's, he's fast asleep on the beanbag behind me. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, you oh, could just, just you see him. <laughs> no, you can't see him, basically. <laughs> oh, but anyway, Lisa's got a new puppy. He's so cute, isn't he? He's absolutely gorgeous. He's called George. I love him. I, lo- I, I love him so much. You know what it made me think about the other day, right? it's so funny because Rob said to me last night firstly it was like I'm just trying to get used to like they smell differently puppies so you know like I've always had a really sensitive nose yeah well Rob imagine mine on speed (laughs) (laughs) that is Rob's right he's got such a sensitive nose and all he's done is gone well, I just sniffed up around the house and he's like, do you think the house smells a dog? I've asked everybody, they've said it's fine and it doesn't. So hopefully it doesn't. But yeah, I love him. Absolutely love him. And it got me thinking about when we used to do the podcast. In particular, I think it was Claire Pooley's podcast. And we With were Jeffrey. sat there and Jeffrey <laughs> farted. <laughs> And on all of the podcasts, we'd be talking and listening really intently. And all of a sudden, we'd get this whiff. Oh, it didn't half make some smells, didn't it? Oh. <laughs> like, they were that pungent. That is the only word, right? Oh, that's a disgusting <laughs> word to use as well. They were, they were like fully pungent, like... 
He'd oh. do one. And me and Lisa had got to a point where we our eyes had been watering. <laughs> We'd be trying because we were trying to be so professional. We'd try not say anything and we'd just be sat like... Nowadays, we wouldn't care, would we? would be like, oh, Jeffrey's farted. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was really bad. But anyway, oh. little gorgeous George doesn't smell yeah, like that. Yeah, gorgeous George. And he's like, he's stunked out on the beanbag. I'm not going to lie. Like, I forgot how, how much they poo and piss everywhere. <laughs> like... Oh. It's it's fat in the day. I can keep on top of it. I'm really good at it. Like right, we just go out in the garden and it's fine. But um, night time. Oh my god, Alex, it's fucking off. (laughs) (laughs) We yesterday downstairs. So we're trying to crate train him, but I'm not locking him in it. No. Do you know what I mean? So um, so he's got the living room to himself, basically. So we put him in his crate and he looks so cute and we think, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to do good tonight. <laughs> Rob called yesterday and all I could hear him going, George, it's like a shit explosion <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and he'd done it behind the door. So when you open the door, oh, it's all oh, Alex. Oh. Did I ever tell you about the time when I had a puppy? I bought um, a Labrador puppy when I was 18. So I was living at my I remember. And um, yeah, I, I had him for years and years and years. Oscar, he was called. And when I used to go to work in the day, because my dad... W- was a singer in bars and pubs and clubs. He used to have the days off, so the dog was never on its own. My dad used to carry him round. I'm so everywhere. sorry, one minute. You carry What's, on. Well, all right, well, I'll just talk to your bloody picture. <coughs> well, I'm not. Can you even hear me? Look, this is this is <laughs> this is exactly why we've redone the uh, intro. By the way, so I'll wait for Lisa to come back because I feel really silly now telling you all a story. Oh, here she, here she is. I was telling you a story which is meant to be quite funny and now it won't be. But anyway, right. <laughs> it's all right. So I, um, he was never on his own, this dog. My dad would carry him everywhere. So anyway, we used to let him sleep downstairs and, and get him all sorted. And he'd got, he, he was a few months old by this point and he was actually fully house trained. <laughs> and in the morning, my dad had run downstairs. These were the days when the <sighs> post person came really early, usually a postman, and they came really early in the morning. The post had come through and my dad ran down the stairs <laughs> in his pyjamas and bare feet and stepped in a pile of shit. <laughs> Move that fucking dog Oh he was fuming He was actually fuming Looking back he probably had a hangover as well (laughs) (laughs) What was that when he had to pick up When when, That story when he was on the canal Do you remember Oh that's awful though I feel really mean saying it But can I just point out That when I was growing up White dog poo And dog poo on street corners Was very (laughs) common Right if you didn't stand in dog poo in a day when you played out, you were lucky, weren't you? <laughs> it was everywhere, wasn't it? Shit was everywhere once. Right? You don't see it anymore. People pick it up, but they never used to. Anyway, <clears throat> it was just about the time where people were starting to expect people to pick dog poo up. <laughs> and it's yeah. just changing and he had the dog and he was walking along. <laughs> it's so awful, this story. I can't believe you told me to <laughs> <laughs> So he was walking along the canal bank <laughs> with the dog and the dog was quite grown up and had a massive poo. And my dad just sort of like pulled the dog's lead to walk off and this woman 
they were a couple, stopped him and said, oh, excuse me, are you going to pick that up? And he went, no, my heck, I don't want it. You have it if you want it so much. Oh, you know, that was my dad all over. Like, yeah, it was. It, it just was wouldn't. It, it no was, way he'd have picked up dog poo. No it was way. in a funny way. I've just got to tell you that was the. No, he did leave it though, Lisa. He didn't pick it up. I have to admit. No, I know. I don't think. I didn't think for one minute he would. <laughs> you I know, did not for one minute did I think that story would end with Tony going picking up the dog poo. <laughs> what have you got there? I'm so excited. Um, it's just come in the post, but I've got, I've got to say, I just answered the door and the postman, he's lovely, my postman, he's sober, right? And he's always he's always asking me about stuff because things come through, you know, for be sober. Oh, yeah, so yeah. he started once like going, what, what's this about? What do you do? Anyway, he's in like AA and NA, my postman. So we have little chats about it. So I just answered then and I went, are you all right? He went, oh, busy as fuck. <laughs> I, just, I can't believe it. Anyway, I'm well excited because this parcel is off our lovely Ruth Jones. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm so excited. She sent me two, two of her books. You're going to open and it? What now? Yeah. Oh, it's that funny paper. I've got dust everywhere now because I've not opened it properly. Oh, can, you hear the, can you hear the non-gratitude in her voice, Ruth? <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that now. <laughs> she listens to our podcast, as you well know, Lisa. Let me get the scissors. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I just want to point out that I am also Ruth's friend. I got copies of Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> oh, dear. What? I just said I just want to point out that I'm also Ruth's friend and got <laughs> Yeah, because it's a competition. Well, we've actually yeah. got a message off her which we need to look at in a minute and I'll tell you about that soon. We're oh, doing I can't believe what I've done with this parcel. Look, I've cut it. Look. For goodness. That's sake. all that dusty stuff everywhere. Will you just open it, right? It's not even fun anymore. Oh, I've got all three, all three novels now because I've got one. In fact, I'll go and get it all done. Keep talking, Alex. Oh, here I go again, talking to my bloody self and the picture and Sleepy George on the floor. I have no idea what to say. We're doing a run. We're doing a Cardiff run, Lisa. You do know what? we're doing the Cardiff run, don't you? Yeah. 10K next September. September, is that when it is? Yeah, you better get booking. I think it's come through to book. All right, I'll do it. Have you sent me the link? You should have it on email, hopefully. Did you sign up and register? No. For goodness sake, I'll send you the link. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my PA to do it. Yeah, why not? Right, look, look, look. I've got Ruth Jones, us three. Never Greener. Which is so funny because my um, my daughter's boyfriend's business is called Never Been Greener. So that's oh. what that reminded me of when I thought <laughs> it's and? got Never Been Greener and Never Been Cleaner. And um, and this is one that I bought on my holidays, Love Untold. So she has signed them for me. Oh, I love it, dear Lisa. This one's a bit rude, but a good tale. Enjoy. I am definitely reading that first. Yeah, read it when you're on your own. 
<laughs> well, obviously, I'm not going to read with people, am I? <laughs> oh, and this one's about female friendship right up your street. You can read that with me. Oh, we'll read it together. <laughs> we'll read it together. Oh, no, honestly, Ruth, thank you. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for them. And I love the colours, look. They're they going to look nice. so like gorgeous it. on my bookshelf. They will look gorgeous on your bookshelf. These sober colours there on Love Untold and us three. Us three. Oh, me, you and Ruth. <laughs> me, you and Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Is right. this intro better? You happy with this yeah, one? Yeah, that is so much better. We've, <laughs> we've discussed it all. Poo, we. Books. But <laughs> So, um, what's not better, to love? We better tell you who our guest is because if this has um, gone well, what should happen now is our guest should appear. <laughs> yeah, hi, Sue. <laughs> Sue. No, no, she's called Sue Sittler and she is our Be Sober ambassador from all the way from sunny California. And yeah. here she is. Hi, ladies. Hi, hi Sue. How are you? Yeah, good morning. 3 a.m. But it's worth it for you guys. I was very excited about this. I love this. At 3 a.m., she's woke up. She's here. She looks incredible. And she's rocking the Be Sober t-shirt. I see you there. Yay! Yay! I I even have matching earrings, you know. Oh, I love them. (laughs) I can't believe... Have you been to bed? Oh, yeah. I took a a long nap yesterday. And I, um, I I went to bed last night about nine. So I actually, I feel good. So I got a lot of sleep. So my husband's been taking care of me. Go to bed because I'm just getting over this cold, but it seems like everyone's got. I think you had one, Lisa, didn't you, recently? I did, yes. I've not, I've, I'm still getting over it too. So yeah, I've just been, I, like- I didn't want to go into it then because I've just been whinging in the intro about how poorly I've been. <laughs> I feel yeah. a bit pathetic because I did have a cold, but honestly, mine was nothing like any of your twos. Nothing. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I haven't been ill in quite a couple of years, you know, and uh, so it's, I forgot what the good old cold feels like. COVID negative, of course, but, you know, anyway, it's good to see you. And oh, you. it's good to see you. You know what it's felt like to me? I actually said this the other day is I woke up on, it started actually last Wednesday, man. So it's dragging on a little bit, but weekend was the worst. And on Saturday, I was so poorly um, with fever, hot shivers, cold shiver. It was, it was just awful. And I actually thought, oh my God, I've probably not felt like this since I planned to have a massive hangover, you know, <laughs> like kind of lay in bed in your own stinking sweat. It was oh, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. I can't believe I used to plan days to feel like that. Like it's it's crazy that we used to do that. Feeling like death, that's what I call it. Just when you Yeah. Wake, like if I was like going death. out, I'd be like, and somebody said, Oh, do you want to do something on the Sunday? I'd be like, Oh no, I'm going out on Saturday. I'm ill on Sunday. Like yeah. as if that's normal. As if that's like a normal thing. Like, no, I'm going out Saturday night, so I will be ill all day Sunday. I need to plan in my illness. Yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> We've all done yeah. that, you know, like and I'd be ill on the night. You know what I was like. I was the sickiest drunk. I don't know why. Um, I even ever did it. 
because I would get sick on the night and then the next day I was horrendous. I once <laughs> stayed at I once stayed at Lisa's house. This is one of the many times. I was throwing up in Lisa's bathroom first off while everyone else was still enjoying themselves. And then the next day I was that unwell. We'd gone for breakfast, remember? <laughs> yeah, remember? I was trying to make her have hair of the dog at breakfast which is do you have hair of the dog is it called that over there so so hair of the dog is where you drink what you've been drinking the night before in order to get better <laughs> oh my god so basically like Lisa wanted me to be dr- drinking shots or something <laughs> no it was Jeez. like it was like have a glass of wine or have a beer or oh something. not wine in the morning but anyway I couldn't do that and I stood outside the shop near the cash machine. I went to get cash out so that I could afford breakfast because I had left, only had, it was, they were the days when they did take cash. <laughs> uh-huh. and I went to the cash machine and I had to leave the queue and walk to the side so I could vomit in the middle of the day. And that was my thing. So I would do that. I did that outside the Anne Frank Museum in Amsterdam as well. Oh, but this is, was there a big queue oh, there? Yeah. <laughs> and loads of kids outside McDonald's. I made a right idiot of myself. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I'm sorry. If you see me keep disappearing, I'm on new puppy duties and it was just trying to get up the stairs. Oh, God, it's adorable. You wouldn't oh. say that if you saw all the pee and poo. I've oh, I know. That's too. the thing about puppies. They are a lot of work in the beginning. Yeah, they are. They are, but it'll be worth it. They are beautiful, though, aren't they? Yes. Yes. So let's get on to you, Sue, anyway. It's so nice to have you here. You've heard enough about us. Everyone's heard enough about us. They're sick of us. (laughs) Yeah. So do you want to kind of introduce yourself and um, tell people kind of what brought you to be sober? Well, um, okay. It's I've been involved with Be Sober, geez, it's, I, I have to look back at least three years. And um, my road to finding you guys was my drinking, of course, and <laughs> um, a little bit of history. Let me kind of go over that. Yeah. Okay. Give us the dirt, uh, Sue. Give the us the dirt. dirt. The dirt. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, you know, alcohol was a very normal thing in my family growing up. And, you know, cocktails were what my parents had. Wine wasn't really in then, but it was cocktails. And so I grew up just that it was a normal thing. I didn't really start drinking socially till I was probably about 17 or 18. And then I was the party girl. But I could, you know, when I went to, to the college, I could study, not drink, party, not drink. You know, I... I I just drank, quote, normally, whatever that means. And, but then as I got older, I, I look back, I think it was excuses to drink. So my big thing was, you know, invite Sue, you know, she's a lot of fun. And I was the party wild person and, and have a good time. So that became the norm every weekend. And when I was in my late twenties, I, I realized that, the drinking was becoming um, a way of masking something. I didn't really know what. This is a long time ago when we just didn't have the awareness that we have now. And I ended up, um, actually, my best friend was going to AA. That's all you had back then. And 
I do believe I was depressed back then, but I just did not know it. I did not go see anyone. So I started going to AA and I think AA is wonderful for many people. Um, but it felt for me, it felt a little punitive. Like if you had a, um, if you drank once, then you had to go back to day one. And it, it just ended up, I, I stayed there for on and off for about three years, but I stayed sober for almost about 10 years. And um, when my children, I was, know that. Yeah, 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 I did, but I white knuckled it. It was not fun. I had, yeah. I didn't know anybody that didn't drink. Everyone drank. I know this sounds like a deaf question, but like when you, in that 10 years, were you were, <laughs> were you aware you were sober? Were you like, I'm a non-drinker or oh, were God, you just no. not drinking? No, no, I hid it um, because th- then you're an alcoholic because, you know, which I hate that word. Um, I was an alcoholic and, oh, do you have a problem? So my, my family knew I didn't drink and my husband knew and I had the support of them, but I, I guess you could say I was a closet, you know, sober non-drinker, yeah. but it was, it was, I didn't have the community that anything like I had now. Um, I thought it was just one way it was cut and dry, black or white. There was no gray. And, um, it was a very lonely period, but I, you know, I, it was probably a good thing because my, when my second son was born, he was born blind and, um, he's that, you know, I was just thinking of things in my life. I was talking to a friend recently. You know, we all have hardships. I don't care who you are. If you're a human, you have hardships. That was probably the, one of the darkest moments of my life. And luckily, I wasn't drinking at the time. And I can't imagine what would happen if I was. So I kind of took my energies towards becoming, you know, the you know poster child mother of a blind child and I was like involved in everything yeah and that's that was just the way I coped but then around 1995 um my husband and I were on a trip up to northern California and we were stayed at this really nice hotel and like it still happens now there was this bottle of red wine sitting there on the counter or the I don't know somewhere in the hotel and it was I was really honest with him. I said, I just feel like having a glass of wine. He goes, well, okay, but you only can have one. I'm like, oh, not a problem. And so I had a glass of wine and I just, um, I thought, okay, you know, this is going to be okay. Worst decision I ever made because. I'm kind of so glad you said that. I was really with you then and I'm like. No, it was the worst decision I ever made because. We all know alcohol just gets a hold of you and never lets go. And so one day turned into two days, one glass into two. And so I thought I had it under control. You know, I could moderate, no no problem. And how quickly did that change? So how quickly did you get back to where you'd been? Well, I would say the first year or two I had control. What's control? I didn't get... um, I'm trying to think. I I didn't have any blackouts, you know. I you know, I I socially drank like everyone else, but every day 
I had, I was always thinking, I wonder if we're going to drink tonight. I really would like to drink. Then it just, it started to get to daily. Then we all forgot. Sue doesn't, you know, I didn't drink before, but all of a sudden we forgot all that and the reasons for it. Next thing I know, it's daily drinking, but I had, you know, I've always had good jobs. You know, I performed well, Um, you know, no one would ever know that I had any kind of a drinking problem. And it wasn't until I would say, it's hard to really put it like 2010 or 11, that it really started to, you know, increase to daily. And then from like 2000, I don't know, 16, 17, it got really bad where I started um, drinking by myself. And I had a job situation where I was working away from home a couple of days a week. And um, so I'd be there and I'd come back and my husband would join me a lot. But then I had this alone time. I didn't, no one was monitoring how much I was drinking. And it became what I thought was my friend. That a, back then a good day to me was getting off of work having my booze and, you know, I would start out all proper, like I'm going to have a glass of wine with dinner. I'm going to watch the news. I'm going to do this. Well, that has escalated to, you know, lots of wine or vodka or whatever. And then waking up every single morning feeling incredible guilt and shame. And, Oh my God, what am I doing? And it really frightened me because I thought I am no, different than the person you see on the park bench, you know, with a paper bag with their booze. And because the sneaking is what really scared me. And every party we went to or event, I would <laughs> plan like, okay, is there going to be enough booze? And, and then I would pre-party, you know, have a drink or two before. And then during, you know, the dinner or wherever we're at, it was always on my mind. Is there going to be enough alcohol? And then I would come home and then I would have more. And I thought I was sneaking it, but my husband was aware you know, yeah. that there was something can was I, off. Sue, can I ask you, because I'm yeah. just really interested to know this and I love finding out um, because She's what, kind what, she means. Of, what kind of drunk <laughs> was you? Yeah, like what kind of drunk was you? Because like now you come across so calm and serene and quiet and do you know well, what I mean? Like what, what yeah, yeah. who was um, Sue when she was pissed, I, basically? I was I thought funny. I was probably yeah. funny at one time, but then I look back at some things and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you know, if you know when you're drunk, you think everything's a great idea. Yeah. Then you're promising everything to everyone. And yeah, let's all let's all travel to, you know, a different country on vacation. And yeah. When you wake up in the morning. But I um then I I started becoming mean. There was not an argument that my husband and I had, or you know, with or my son or something that wasn't alcohol infused. Or any kind of emotion where if we had an argument, I'd be crying. And it was such an overreaction. And the killer was (laughs) when I woke up, I didn't know what we argued about. I knew I was really pissed off. 
And so I thought, well, maybe I should start writing it down. So, you know, oh my God, it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. So I've done I, that, written down my arguments because I know I'll forget them. And then you read them back the next day and you're like, oh. <laughs> Delete. Oh, yeah. I, I used to do that with that my ex. Well, You'd tell oh, yourself, you'd be like, that. I know I'm in the right. So I'm going to write this down so I do not forget my points tomorrow. As if that is a normal thing to do. I used to wake up with lists of stuff. And also something that I used to do, because I'd wake up with such anxiety and dread, oh. um, no matter what, even if I'd had a good night, you know, like I'd still wake up with that anxiety and dread. So I used to write down like, don't worry, you had a good night. Go and meet that girl for coffee or go and do this. You really liked her. Things like that I'd find in my notes on my phone. Like, And then I'd wake up and I'd be like, yeah, I'm never going to meet that person for coffee. Or texting. Texting was like, <gasps> yeah, I would wake up and I'd look and pray to God I didn't text anybody. <laughs> and there were a couple of times I just sent mushy texts to people that, they're probably going, you know, oh, you're just such a good coworker, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was, it was awful. And I, and the waking up. <laughs> you're such a good coworker. I'm not sure. 11 at night. You're so, you know, blah. Oh my God. It was just. <laughs> Do you know, we used to send each other messages that said, I love you. And then if one of us, if by any remote weird possibility, one of us wasn't drunk on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, we used to sometimes have phone calls, didn't yeah. we? Like at two in the morning. There was always if one of us had had an argument with our partner though. Yeah. So Alex would be out in her area. I'd be out in my area. Yeah. Guaranteed that we could have a phone call at 2 a.m. telling each other what, awful boyfriends or husbands yeah. we had yeah. and, and, and how and we loved good. each other and, and then sometimes we just randomly phone each other up and go I love you or text I love you but I really love you like, I know she doesn't say that anymore so I, yeah, do. I do love you <laughs> I do say it <laughs> See what I mean? I've been needing attention. You? I've been poorly. Give me attention. But I do, okay, me. I love you, Lisa. Thank you. I love you too, Alex. I do love you. Oh my God. I see all these hard emojis flying around. <laughs> really? She'll be like that next week. I can't believe we did that. That's gross. Yeah. No, I will not. I will not. <laughs> So sorry, we've, we've we've interrupted your story. Carry on. <laughs> uh, well, no. So anyway, uh, then I I started. You know, I remember Googling. I, we've all done it. Do I drink too much or something to that effect? And the other thing is, I I'm a nurse. I'm I, I like to say semi-retired because retired just I imagine like old ladies with canes. But anyway, I um, you're definitely not. By the way. <laughs> Oh, God, thank you. So anyway, I um, I'd Google it, and I it was like around 2018. There there started to be more things out there for drinking and um, that were non AA. And again, I'm not bashing AA because I think it's a wonderful program for a lot of people, but it just was not what I wanted. And I started, you know, I found a podcast um, here and there, and then I found. Um, was Simon Chapel was oh yeah yeah and he he was just starting out and he was just so dynamic and yay and I thought oh god this guy's you know a lot of fun so yeah. I met some 
people through that. And it was through that, that, um, that I found be sober. And I, I can't even tell you the, how, but I found you guys and I started listening to your podcast, which I died laughing. and I still do. And, <laughs> um, is it so, I don't know. I could just relate. And, and you'll and relate then, to this episode. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we've got a really right. good guest on who just sounds like you. <laughs> right. And, Anyway, I just, so I started going, I went to your website, I think, and it was fairly new, and then I joined, and, you know, I have my my group here in the United States, I did, you know, kind of the Annie Grace thing and the path, which was wonderful, but I just, there's something about you all that, and with Be Sober, that I just have this incredible, um, I don't know, passion for we'll get back to our chat shortly but first let us tell you about be sober at be sober you'll find a supportive community of like-minded people who understand and support you energize your mind and body with our fitness sessions discover the power of mindfulness with be sober yoga engage in vibrant discussions workshops and support groups with thriving zooms be Sober really is the ultimate community, whether you're sober for a short time, contemplating it, or have long-term goals of making meaningful connections. It's a place where you can find your tribe and create lasting friendships. Take the first step towards an empowered and connected sober lifestyle. Join us today at BeSoberOfficial.com. You guys have been so supportive and I, you know, there are lounges and there's this and there's that. And then you've got the, you know, your your app now and I it, it just you guys are always evolving and then Alex started doing her exercise and I was watching you two turning into these like gorgeous goddesses of muscle and <laughs> I mean so so it just was really nice to 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 I don't know you guys are just so real so I've I've made a lot of friends through Be Sober I have not met them in the flesh that's going to happen one day but oh. I feel like you know I just want wonderful people. So that, and I, and the thing is I have just a passion for the person who struggles because I yeah. struggled hard for solid five years before I quit drinking where it was at its absolute worst. And you guys have a platform because I'm an ambassador and then I became a coach through you, but you, you're like, go for it. You know, if you want to do this, you want to, you know, go for it. And I, I like that. I, I feel so supportive without me having to start up something new and, and yeah. anyway. So you guys are my go-to. Before we go into that, because we are going to talk about what you're doing with the Back to Basics. Um, mm -hmm. with I was on there last night, by the way. <laughs> I know. With my son. Can I just add, with Abel. <laughs> Before we do, what I want to ask you, Sue, is... Because you, there is such a distance between us and we get lots of members kind of saying, I'd love to join you, but there's not a group in my area. And they're well, in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and they're in the UK. Yeah. But, um, so from somebody that is so far away, can you kind of talk to us about that and how you've found that connection and what you've had to do to kind of create these friendships? Um. I would say the beginning, of course, you know, like any, the web, the website, of course, is, you know, communicating, but, um, the lounges and the events that you have in the, um, members group, I, there was just, 
so many things to pick from. And I just got to know some of the um, other women. And, you know, we still message each other, you know, and if any of us are having a hard day, it's it's like they they live in California, you know, yeah. the fact that they're in the UK makes no difference. There's just such a bond. And um, it made me realize how much alike we are. You know, we're, we're all have the same um, issues, no matter where you, you know, and good things, yeah. bad things, concerns. My whole body just got like, not goosebumps. I just went like cold and chills all the way down me when you said bond. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I absolutely love that because I feel there's a bond across absolutely. the waters and everywhere. Yeah. And we all just get each other, don't we? We do. I just think it's incredible that you know, like Sue. Now, like if you when, when we have we've got like our group chat, and when you message, it's just like oh, Sue's message. Literally, like you do live next door or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, before I knew, and I suppose we've got to be a little bit grateful for lockdown for things like this because it mm -hmm. helps us create mm -hmm. these friendships across mm -hmm. the pond, like with people yeah. through Zoom. But actually it wasn't all a bad thing, was it? It's been amazing. No. And these friendships are real. They're genuine. We genuinely message people. It's it's just so cool. Like you say, Alex, it's a proper bond, a be sober bond. It is. It is. And I, you know, I've seen people go through some hard times and be sober and tears. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's like, it's my tribe. It's, um, yeah. I, I yes. just can't. There's a lot say, of tears, happy tears, oh. sad tears. Yeah. And no and crocodile I, tears. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone, we get each other. And, and we could, we, there's no story I've heard that I'm going to go, Ooh, that's terrible. It would yeah. be like, a lot of people are like, yeah, I get it. Or, Oh, I can top that one. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, things that we normally don't share with people that we have to get off our chest and as part of just getting better and healing. And it's really great. We've always said we're non-judgmental as a community. And I said it last yes. night, so we'll, we will come to like your back to basics, but last night, for, for me and Lisa, what's always been important is we don't care how you got here. You know, we don't right. care how anyone got to this point. The fact right. is you're sober or trying to be sober and mm -hmm. we want to help you continue that journey and make friends. We genuinely do not care whether it was 12 step, whether it was rehab, whether it was a detox program, whether you just went mm -hmm. it alone, whatever. The fact is, if you're in Be Sober, you are one of us and it doesn't matter how you got there. And we, we, we I really think that we've, that's our biggest value, isn't it, Lisa? Yeah, definitely. It is it true. Definitely. Because I, um, I think when I used to be intimidated when people would say, oh, I've got um, a month or even seven days I'd be like oh my god because for me it was like I get to two days and I would start feeling better and then by day five it would be I got this I can start drinking again you know yeah. and we all know it was a slippery slope and so I, I just couldn't imagine having a year or even a few days and so when people come in and they oh it's my day one I'm starting over just keep showing up 
Mm-hmm. Keep coming back and it will click. If you do the work and you stay, when I say the work, I mean, be in the community. The minute you want to pull back because you're feeling shame, that's, that is the worst thing you can do. You need to go into a, um, a lounge or, you know, any, you know, listen to any of the podcasts, reach out to people. That's when you need to, to be with, connect with other people. And it, it does, it's almost like it rubs off. But just it's our journeys are all different. Some people, I was a hard nut to crack. You really were, Sue. I think sometimes, you know, people wouldn't realize just how long and how many things you tried. Because I do know some of that journey. But then one day you just popped into the group and it was like we hadn't heard from you properly in the group for a while. We knew you were still there and going to lounges. And you just made this post of, I've done it. I'm I'm here. I'm so many days sober. And you were like quite a way in, I think. You'd done yeah. over 30 days. Yes, yes. And, and, and go ahead. No, no, you first. No, the and the and then I coaching. I did coaching with you, Alex. Yes. And that I really believe in the, the one-on-one coaching, I think is fantastic. And it was so non-judgmental. But it finally clicked. Um yeah. I just there's so much out there. And how how long sober are you now, Sue? Um, I'm like two years and two months. I haven't done the days. It's amazing. It is crazy because I, I mean, I just didn't. And oh, and then this is another thing for people who are, you know, of a ripe old age like I am. (laughs) Don't tell yourself. Oh well, it doesn't matter now. I'm old, I'm so old that um, quitting is not going to make any difference. That is not true, because I was doing that whole mind thing of oh why bother, why bother, and I stopped doing that. I thought it makes a difference, and oh my god, I cannot. It is so much, but so good for your body when you don't put a poison, which is what it is. I used to have really bad psoriasis. Yeah, you look amazing. Oh, thank you. It's gone. I mean, that's and that's incredible. inflammation and that's inflammation. So the alcohol was just, was just fueling inflammation. And um, anyway, it's... And is it different, Sue? Is the way you feel at two and a bit years sober oh, now yeah. different than when you felt two and a bit years sober before? Um, the, what's different now is all the support I have, mm-hmm. which is just my normal day to day and I I don't it's I'm not white knuckling like every day I don't even think about it really there's times I you know I'll go to an event but it's not I know the culture's changed a little bit but um I'm not bogged down with you know am I going to drink am I not and because I've got so much support now it's it's even if this these people would be my friends if even if drinking was not the you know reason why we bonded they would be my yeah. friends yeah it, it's um I think that whole you know getting to a certain point where you don't think about alcohol anymore is such an important point for somebody mm-hmm. and I mentioned it last night on your back to basics which we really are going to go in that when that comes it's so it's so easy in those early days to think I can't see forever I can't even see a month because you you can't put yourself in the body that doesn't think about drinking anymore back in those early days but it's so, it's such a good message because it comes doesn't it it comes to a it point does. where if it you does. find the right connections if you find the right tools if you do the work as you put it yeah. it 
pays off because you stop thinking about being exactly. a non-drinker and just start living. Exactly. The other thing for me, and I'm, I'm sure when people, was events. I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around, okay, let's just say if I were 25 years old, you know, if I wanted to go so, you know, become sober, I would think this is the way my mind was. What's going to happen when my, my son or daughter gets married? What about an anniversary? What about this or that? How am I not going to drink? And now, you know, the, the thing is, is I just, for me, I just say for now, I absolutely am not going to drink and I don't worry about the birthday parties and the weddings and the things down the road, because you'll just cross that bridge. And yeah. so I just, I just take it, you know, I am totally happy being sober. And I've been to lots of events, and it gets easier and easier. And um, I tr- future telling is really not a good thing, because you will, your your brain will tell you it's okay to drink if you start future telling. Yeah. It's so true. Stay in the moment. And I, and again, another thing from probably AA is, is the one day at a time. And that stands yeah. no matter how you got sober. Yeah, just absolutely. stay in the moment and take it as it's coming, because you can do right. anything when you're in the moment. Right. You know, like, right. I often think about this, you know, when you, when you, if you predict something horrible happening, you think, oh, I'd never cope if such a body was to pass mm-hmm. away or if such a thing was mm-hmm. to happen. But when we're doing those things, we're incredibly resilient. You just do, don't you? Just exactly. Do. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's different when now I go to events and I enjoy the people yeah. where before I could be with people I really, possibly, you know, not having a good time or something. And I would be, you know, as long as there was alcohol, I was, you know, I would just, that was why it was an excuse. It was Let me ask you something, Sue. Like mm-hmm. when you say you go to the events and you enjoy the people, right? Mm-hmm. I, I go to some, like the Be Sober events or mm-hmm. any sober events. I absolutely love them. Or if I just go to a yoga class, which isn't necessarily a sober event, it's just mm-hmm. people aren't drinking. Um, but if I was to go to one of my old events, I, I just don't like it. I don't, mm. I do not enjoy it at all. So kind of, how do you navigate stuff like that and enjoy the people if they're all drinking? Do you know what I mean? Because I, I don't. I do, I do. Um, I had relationships, friends, as they say, that the only... <laughs> We've all got friends. We've friends. all got those friends. But the really the only bond was alcohol. They were the type yeah. of people that, you know, if they're coming for dinner or you're going to their house, you know, you could drink as much as you wanted. And that was, I mean, there were some things we enjoyed with each other, but that was an excuse to drink. And truly the only bond we had was drinking. And I live in California. I live in the wine country. And yeah. so all the events are wine related. I used to use excuses to go to the wineries and attend, you know, all these events with these people. But I look back, it was just about drinking. And yeah. so people I spend time with are people I really want to be with. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so freeing to just not have alcohol you know, the wine witch or whatever you want to call it in the background, just dominating my thoughts and um, really many aspects of my life. 
It's so true. Let's let's chat now about your coaching. So we'll just just look, we'll go fast forward. So you have now qualified as a coach. Mm-hmm. To be sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are now coaching people into sobriety. Right. And you are currently running for Be Sober, uh, your second back to basics um, yes. group. <laughs> Talk to us about that. Tell us about I know Lisa was on it last time. I was yes. on it this time. Oh, and last night, Lisa, one of the people on there couldn't believe how much you, you changed and you now had curly hair. <laughs> No. Oh, I was going to say I've got curly hair. Obviously, they thought you. Was. Yeah, they could. They, they couldn't believe that I was back and how much had changed, and not realised we were two different people. But they oh had. Oh my didn't gosh! Realize. And they're like, "Oh my god, you look so good now." I'll knock them out. <laughs> Who are they? Look at your muscles and your hair. Oh my god, you look so amazing. You yeah. look like shit last time when you turned up as Lisa. <laughs> no, not at all. She had a question and she just literally couldn't um she, she couldn't remember which one of us had been on. <laughs> so sorry, Sue, go on, tell us about it. Oh, so the back to basics just kind of evolved out of like I said, I just have this a, a passion for people who struggle. And you know, it's so easy to go into a group and just tell yourself you don't fit in because you don't have sobriety, you know, as many days and all of that. I mean, I've done that. We've all done that. So it's just, um, this one is over about a two, I think there's seven of the, um, sessions It's a zoom and it's just, we're talking because it's December coming up. Is it December 1st yet? Tomorrow, uh, Friday, Friday. 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 Right. Yeah. Anyway, the it will be by the time this goes out. So yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It will be. So it's yeah. December. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so anyway, so the holidays can be really difficult for a lot of people with drinking. And I remember being in December saying, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop drinking in January and I'm going to, you know, do all of this. And so that was like a green light for me to just like, you know, really go for it in December and drink. And I just thought this would be a good way for people who are really struggling to evaluate their drinking and, and you know, hopefully stop drinking, but just to get the support they need, you know, in, in this really difficult time. Because it's not just the parties, it's the whole family, friends, and, you know, we have this, this um, image of how our life is supposed to be over the holidays. And we know it's not like that and um it's not like those woo-woo movies which you know hallmark i don't know if you get the hallmark channel but it's you know oh god anyway yeah pretty pretty unrealistic but i i watch it i will admit <laughs> anyway, so I, I just started You're selling the sober life too you're selling it <laughs> <laughs> so these people come and you know some have a um like a couple of them have a couple years but most of them might have one day or a week and they we just kind of talk about you know tips and how we can um make changes and it's just the real basics and for people who are sober sometimes we forget what the basics are what's your why you know and what does alcohol prevent you from doing a whole hell of a lot it's so true, so, and I think December is an amazing time to do something like this. It was one of, as a drinker and being married to an alcoholic a few, a good few years ago, um, and growing up in pubs as well, like you said, alcohol is 
everywhere it's talked oh. about every time you go into, into work people are talking about the Christmas party and who's going to do what or who's done what and I just think it can be a really hard time for people like you say it's not like the adverts they are actors and actresses that are telling yeah. us that Christmas is who are sober while they're doing it yeah and they're yeah. sober while these pictures are being taken and while they're acting hopefully um yeah, so well there's it, no way just, to have piss people doing it is there because well, no, Alex, because the one, yeah, what did we used to say in our workplace talk? Yeah. Is that the vision that you've got in your head? Yeah. We used to show a picture on our workplace talks of like a new year and it was all actors and actresses and Cheers. they looked incredible and these sparkles and popping champagne. And then underneath we put a reality picture and it was taken on a New Year's Day in Manchester and they're, uh, oh, it's disgusting. There's people, people on the floor, there's the vomit. Street, they're on the oh it's so bad but that is the reality of it and for many years I found December one of the most difficult Mm -hmm. times and I knew with my ex-partner that as soon as it came to the works Christmas do that was it that was done Christmas and so Mm -hmm. I would kind of drink to just tolerate people and having to deal with things and so I just yeah for me it's a great time. If anyone is listening now, questioning whether now is a good time, don't wait for January. Do it yeah. now. It's yeah. such a good time to, to do it. It really is. It really is. And it's not just that, Sue. There's, there's like families that the abuse that goes on a, around Christmas time. And, you know, That's what I like, used to find hard as a child. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was going to mention it and then I always hesitate because I don't like talking about it on the podcast because I feel a bit mean. My mum's my still very much alive and kicking and she's a wonderful mum and I love her very, very much. But they, as in my parents, ruined every Christmas, every birthday, every celebration. And as a child living in that, yes, on the outside, it probably looked like fun and games and going to the pub Christmas Day and... Yeah. Me and my sister didn't want to be in the local pub at midday on Christmas Day. We wanted to be at home with our Santa presents. Yeah. yeah. We want to be sat yeah. in a pub. That that was like a massive routine of um over here, wasn't it? Yeah. That every, every Christmas, Christmas Day, day would, by yeah. twelve o'clock we'd be in the pub. Like yeah. as little children. I didn't want to be in the pub. I wanted to be at home in my pajamas. Like my children right. are eating chocolate out of their stocking, unwrapping Christmas presents. Like there's yeah. no point in feeling guilty over those times. They're gone. It's bad. It's done. Even if as a parent, you've done it yourself. There's no point in dwelling on it. But Yeah, to be fair, we've, we've not been sober that long, really. We've had quite a few no, But I've never done Christmas Day like with... that, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I did get pissed on Christmas Day. I did drink and then lie on the sofa at 4pm and fall mm-hmm. asleep and told myself it was because I'd eaten a lot. When actually I was ha- hazy eyed and, you know, did, yeah. didn't do it well for my children of course it, Christmas is so much better sober and, and you know it's never too late change it exactly and it's nice to remember it and you know it's it, it, I mean I think that there's a lot of unrealistic expectations around the holidays and a lot of time in our family there was you know a lot of drama um, especially with my father and uh, so Christmas was a very stressful time. And of course, you know, people who have things going on in their life and the holidays, that's what, what 
they drink because that's the way they cope. But it, you still have the same problem, but you have a hangover on top of it. Uh, so it doesn't solve anything. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's a really good opportunity at this point as well to talk about and to mention the coaching because we have said it a couple of times that you are now a, a qualified and accredited coach. Can you give yourself a little bit of a plug here? T- tell people where they can find you, what you do, what your oh, contact sure. details are. Um, you can find me on the Be Sober website. You have... Um, a link that will, will, will take you to the, the coaches and all the, the um, call counselors, things like that. But um, I do have a website and be, being a, in the medical profession, I thought I was going to be starting out, um, you know, just helping other nurses and things like that. But I haven't really gotten there yet, but it's called changing shift dot com yeah so just um a little bit you know because shift change is you know changing shift at work was you know always anyone been been in the medical field remembers those those days so it's called changing shift.com and um you know so and you can always message me i um if anyone is wanting to get any kind of um help or you know one-to-one coaching but I, I i can't stress enough and i'm not trying to toot my own horn or something the one-to-one coaching is even if it's in a small group or one-to-one is very powerful and if you can find you know and you got to make sure it's a good fit but it really it really changes things. I know Alex, like when I was meeting with you, I was still struggling and um, just knowing that you were, that you can really tell the coach what you're feeling and believe me, they understand and you're having a hard time. And then you talk to them one session, you're like, yeah, I've got five days. And then you talk to them the next time and you might say, well, I did drink last Tuesday and it's like, okay, you know, what was going on. And it, it just, it was just so um, reassuring that I wasn't a, a bad person because the shame with drinking is the worst part, absolutely the worst yeah. part. And so that I would highly recommend anybody to, to get coaching if they can. I need to say as well at this point, Sue, having watched you coach for a number of weeks during that training, and I know that Sarah feels the same, you are just like Sue's voice that you can hear or Sue that you can see on the podcast. Like, honestly, she's addictive. Like, (laughs) you can replace your alcohol addiction for (laughs) Sue. She's so calming and so gentle and so understanding. I think you're a fantastic coach. You are well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, that's, you know, that's all about me. Oh, well, it's been so lovely to hear all about you, yeah. Sue. I'm sure you're absolutely dying to get back into your bed. <laughs> Actually, I had a cup of coffee and I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, I might stay up and, and just do some things on my computer. I, I slept a lot yesterday and, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Now you're so, up, you're up. It's 4am nearly now. Um, yeah. Can we ask our question that we always ask of our guests? Yes, and it would, sure. We would love to know your perspective on this. You know that the Be Sober motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. Which one do you most relate to right now and why? I've, I, I would, you know, I could relate to all of them, but I feel like be kind. And I think that's one reason why I'm doing the back to basics you know, with Be Sober, it's free. It's, um, I'd say be kind because I, I try and be a kind person and um, and a sober, how about a sober, kind person? <laughs> a sober, kind, brave person? <laughs> yes, a sober, kind, brave person, exactly. <laughs> I think be kind is perfect, especially for this time of year. We don't know what's going on in other people's lives, do we, at any point. So I think um, it's a really good one to be going forward with. Be kind, yes. be sober. Yes, exactly. Be brave. Be everything. Be what you want to be. Be sober and it'll bring all of them anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it it yes. kind it technically does, doesn't it? Yeah. Be so it just changes things so much. All all the it filters into your life without realising when you exactly. get sober. Exactly. I think this podcast might have to be called Changing Shift because literally yeah. we have got to all we've talked about is changing everything. So that's yeah, right. I think that's it's right. Yeah. Oh, that's Thank amazing. You, Thank Sue. you so much, Sue. It's been lovely Absolutely. to Absolutely. All right. This is All right. Treat. Take care. Go Take and have care. a lovely day. Okay. We'll see Bye-bye. you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We really do appreciate your support. So to stay updated with our latest episodes, be sure to follow or subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to share the Be Sober Love with your friends, helping us reach even more people. If you're interested in learning more about the impactful work we do, or you want to become part of our incredible Be Sober community, visit our website at besoberofficial.com. There you'll find all the information you need and discover how you can get involved. We look forward to welcoming you into our community of changemakers. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober. sober.